0: and for all of the women in your lives, past, present, and future. To honor our matriarchal lines, all who came before, and all who will come after. J Ma. Hi everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Wherever you are, let's just find a place where we all can meet across the internet, across the sound waves. If you're able to, closing the eyes, finding your seat, or if you're lying down, feeling the back body melt down into your bed or the floor, wherever you are right now. If you're sitting in your car, feeling the back body in your seat, and just doing a brief body scan, noticing where you might be holding any tension in the muscles or the bones, the muscles, especially of the face, of the jaw, doing a couple of big yawns, open, stretching side to side, top to bottom, doing lion face with the tongue, maybe lengthening your inhales and your exhale. As always, it's a great one if you have limited time to really shift the energy and Bring a little bit of healing to the nervous system. You can do a deep inhale for about five counts. Hold, retain the breath at the top. Pulling up on your lower bundas, the perineum, the pelvic floor. Really pulling that energy all the way up through the navel point. And then exhaling out through the mouth. Audibly if you can, if you're alone, sighing out, if you need to, screaming out. Just allowing whatever energy is not serving you right now, any anxiety, any fears, any hypervigilance. Just let that escape out on the exhale and on the inhale, intentionally pulling in fresh, clean, oxygenized air into the lungs, into the bloodstream, into all of the organs and the tissues, into the womb space. And just doing that a couple of times, deep inhaling, holding, and exhaling. If you're pregnant and listening, don't do the retain, or if you do hold the breath, just do it for like one beat, Um, but you can have the intention to hold that energy within, but we don't ever want to put added stress on the diaphragm, the abdominal muscles, and the baby. Wherever you are in your day or your morning or your night, acknowledging where you are without judgment, giving yourself this time to drop in fully with yourself, with your mind, with your body, and really with your soul. If you're a mom, I know what it's like to feel like you have zero time to yourself throughout the day. So even if it's three minutes in your day, if you're consciously doing it, that three minutes can change your day so much for the better. So just carving out whatever space you can to come back to yourself, to refill your own cup, even if it feels like it possibly can't this little amount of time. If you start learning how to discipline yourself to grab those moments throughout the day, it adds up. Just like when you're a postpartum mom, those moments of lying in bed when the baby's asleep, even when there's a million things to do, dishes to wash, errands to do, kids to take care of, the more that you can just bank that rest, it adds up. Same is true with what we allow into our minds, into our auric fields, into our mouths, into our ears, into our eyes. All of those micro choices and some big choices throughout the day as well. They add up. And placing your left palm on your heart space, feeling the beat of your own heart, you are alive, and that is big. That is a gift. That is something that we should never take for granted. Feeling your own heartbeat. You're here again today. You're showing up again. Right hand on your belly, your navel space. Really allowing the belly muscles to release and let go. That might feel really foreign to a lot of us. We're not sucking in or even practicing good abdominal strength or spine strength. You know, for those of us that have a long history in Pilates or yoga, I do that a lot. I, I hold, I hold myself up with my core strength. And um, you know, it's really not good throughout the day. I'm learning to release more and really learning that correlation of anxiety, hypervigilance, control, chronic constipation. And tight abs, healthy abs. I've always had a very flat stomach and hard abs. And, uh, you know, there's a shadow side. So just allowing the belly to relax and let go. And then, if there's any affirmation or blessing that you need to hear today, send that to yourself. Bless yourself. You're doing so much. You're being so much. And really own that, you know? You're the queen of your household. You're the queen, you're reigning. You are, not only are you reigning the earth, you are the earth. Like how powerful is that? So hi, welcome. It is a very windy day here in Los Angeles. We actually, my whole neighborhood's power went out at about 4 a.m. So I've had an interesting Monday. Um, Very interesting winds last night. I don't know about all of you out there, you know, astrologically. um, Mercury went into retrograde yesterday. It's February 3rd today. So it went into retrograde the 2nd. And um, I had a wild day yesterday which I haven't had one like that in a really long time which makes me feel like it was definitely aligned in the stars and possibly a detox but I was pretty exhausted worn out and I just kind of assumed that I'm fighting all these germs around me knock on wood I have not gotten sick this winter nor have my kids we don't get the flu shot so that helps us stay healthy as well but um feel very blessed that we haven't but I'm very actively working hard to support our immune systems. And anyway, it's always stressful, you know, when I start feeling run down because I work with newborns and new moms. I can't be rolling in with some sniffles. So anyway, I'm not, I'm fine, but I just felt so low energy yesterday and really grumpy and aggressive. And I know when I get that feeling also, it means I've not had any alone time. My nervous system was, um, not feeling full and rejuvenated and had a really busy week last week. My husband was also out of town, which makes some things easier, some things harder, but I was just trying to get a lot accomplished last week and then giving to some of my friends in need. And I just wasn't kind of saving the precious time I needed to myself. So it's natural. That's what happens to me. I get, um, I get, you know, kind of full to the brim, my nervous system does. And I just, I kind of, I don't like it because I don't like to feel aggro. I didn't really lash out that much, but it's just a feeling inside, which feels uncomfortable. But, you know, we all have those days. And that was really the medicine that I walked away with this morning is sometimes I forget that, you know, because I'm a really blessed, happy person. I have a great life. There's so many blessings in my every single day. And I'm just in a good phase. Like my whole life is not like unicorns and ponies. Um, I'm working on the ponies though. That would be great if that was daily. But, you know, I just feel really grateful. I've been like a good flow. And then when you have those days where it doesn't feel good, it's easy to be like, oh God, it's all, it's all coming crashing down. But you know what? Sometimes you just have really shitty days. And as a mom, sometimes you just have really shitty days where you're overworked. We're so overworked. We're so overworked and underslept. It's insane. So just shout out to any of you moms. I see you and I feel you and it is impossible to actually put into words what that feeling is. And a lot of times out of that comes a whole lot of resentment, a whole lot of rage, a lot of depression, anxiety, crying, and feeling like your life is out of control. So You know, most of us have been there, even if it's for a few fleeting hours, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's months, but I just, I just want to honor all of us because it is, it's a marathon. And I know, you know, all these cliches are true. And I also, you know, I know it gets annoying to the people that don't have kids. I mean, my friends that don't have kids, like, I'm sure they're like, we get it. You're tired. We understand, but It's so much more than you can grasp until you've lived through it. Like my friends, like one of them I was venting to today, just over Instagram, because we didn't have power for like eight hours. And then I was doing that whole trip of like, I was going to have to throw everything in my fridge and freezer out and like all my broths and all my really expensive coconut yogurts and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was cold and I didn't get my coffee this morning after being up all night. And, you know, all the things which I'm just like whining about, but in the moment, like it feels really heavy. It's like, you don't understand what it's like to be up all night when you have kids and then not be able to have coffee in the morning. I mean, that sounds so stupid and trivial, which in the big scheme of things it is, but there's just no way to know what it's like to really be so selfless until you have kids. And my baby's two and a half. So like, we're pretty, you know, smooth sailing, but I still have nights where I'm up with her a lot. Um, But last night I was up because of the wind. So, seeing a couple people today, just like at the grocery store and and run-ins and play school, I was not the only one that had this. Um, So, it must be that vata-vata energy, stirring up some stuff, and all my anxiety came back. I don't really have that much anxiety anymore, or I know when it starts creeping in how to manage it, but last night, it was just all the things, that doom and gloom. Like, I can't travel, because what if I die, and what if my husband dies and what are we doing with the kids? Like all of those big, big things were just swimming in my head and some serious health stuff with some family members and, you know, all, all of those things. But, you know, when you get in that cycle of anxiety, it's just really hard to step off. And um, the wind brooded up. So I actually went down and slept in Goldie's room, which felt really soothing to me and took some homeopathics to finally pass out at like 530 to then wake up at 6.30. But anyway, um, it's been an interesting day. And then I had a huge list of things to do with my podcast and emails and just some business stuff that needed tending to. And, of course, we didn't have Wi-Fi. And then my whole neighborhood didn't have Wi-Fi. And um, I was getting more and more frustrated. And then I realized, stop trying to control. The universe is doing things today. So what are you going to do? What are you going to choose? And so I dropped everything and I went and walked in the woods for 45 minutes and it completely reset me. And I know that I'm very privileged that that is something that I can do in my day. I had a not working with clients day and that was the smartest thing I could do because it actually reshifted my entire energy. I get out there and I realize all of my things I'm frustrated about are so little. They're so human. They're so me focused. In the great scheme of things, they don't matter. So it's always really, really important for me to get that perspective. And that's why I like to look at the ocean every day too and get that perspective. Like I am a small person and yes, I have big goals and yes, I have big dreams and yes, I have my Dharma and yes, I have my children and my marriage and my friends and my family. And I'm also a spiritual being that is having a human experience. So there's so much beyond and bigger that when you kind of can telescope out uh, everything just becomes more relaxed and then you kind of realize how ridiculous is that people are just walking around trying to control all the situations all day long so very grateful for that so um, thank you to a lot of you via Instagram who responded to my questions because this solo talk I really wanted to Talk about things that you want to hear about. And I really do love that about social media, that I can get instant gratification and instant answers. So thank you all for taking the time to respond. I received these yesterday and I believe Saturday too. I don't know, the whole weekend's a blur. I was just momming the whole time. So it's all like one big mom blur. But I was really emotional and I actually got pretty teary because... There's a lot of suffering happening in the motherhood realm. There's a lot of isolation, which of course we know this. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart that we're all in our little cubicle houses, living our lives, questioning everything we do, not knowing if we're doing it correctly, lonely as fuck, in marriages that feel very unhappy Feeling So all alone and that everyone else is winning and we're the biggest fucking losers. And what do we do with our life? Like, I mean, that's the very negative side of it, but we all have felt parts of that at different times and some more than others. But it just made me sad that we even feel that way because yes, there's a the hard part of being pregnant and birthing a baby. Like all that is so physical and spiritual. And then the tending to a newborn and the lack of sleep and the breastfeeding, like all of those are huge things. But it's also this loss of self and that all of a sudden this life that we had before is something so opposite and it ends up being something very different for a lot of us than we thought it was gonna be. And you know, our system is just failing us. Our system is failing us in all the ways. And again, I don't wanna be coming from a negative mind. It just shows us and me that we have to really set a new precedence. And we have to figure out our new villaging situation stat. And that's a whole thing, too, because it's really easy to say, oh, I want the village. But starting a village is a whole thing. I have a friend nearby that's um, trying to start that. And she's so amazing. She and her husband are putting up this whole plan. And and I'm really intrigued to see how it works out because there's so many different parts of it. And I want to be a part of it, too. And I'm just figuring out what that looks like for us because, you know, I've been through this whole thing with our child care and now Goldie's in play school just a couple hours a couple mornings which I'm obsessed with and we have our nanny Anna who I adore and love and I'm not letting go of anytime soon and so you know it's it's like yeah I want the village and I love my setup you know I've got my like setup right now unlocked, but I mean that can change anytime so it's just something to think of when when you do like look at the nuts and bolts we're so accustomed to living in a certain way and creating a new way will definitely have its own challenges to move through so really i don't have all the answers i mean i'm in this with you guys that's why i really wanted to start this podcast is to have these conversations and that's why i became a doula and that's why i feel like i'm now a motherhood coach as well because i i don't i don't preach i don't pretend that I know better than you know. I'm on my own journey. I'm sharing tips that I have and my story and offer different people's perspectives and stories as well, because I think it's really important to hear from one another. But I'm in it also. Um, and I might be a couple of years ahead of you. I might be a couple of years behind you, depending on our kids' ages, you know, all of it. And um, I just hope that I hope that just witnessing, bearing witness to each other and allowing our friends to vent, not wallow, but vent, move through without needing to fix everything for other people and just reflecting back your sister's strength to them, you know, and and thank God for great girlfriends. I mean, I was able to call my friend Victoria for like two minutes while she was driving up the Topanga Canyon before we lost reception and just be like, this day is fucked. Can I just vent for a second? And then I felt so much better. And she was just like laughing together. She's like, dude, you know, you don't even know about my day. Let me tell you about my day. So it's really important to have those friends too that can kind of see the humor and the absurdity of motherhood because it's crazy. It's crazy the shit that we put up with and deal with and make it through, you know, like kudos to us. So one of the things the overarching theme of all the responses that came in is there's no one way to do this motherhood thing, right? Of course. There's a million different ways. And every child is different. Every generation is different. Every new soul that comes in is different. The paradigm of society is always a little bit different depending on where you are. Your own lineage brings other variables. Your partner's lineage, et cetera, et cetera. But the overarching theme is you know, we're always, we're all questioning, am I doing this right? Is this normal? Like what, are, you know, and I do this too. It's like, I don't need, I don't want to be like a normal person, you know, like in the day to day life, I don't care about being a quote unquote normal person. What I like to know is like, where on the graph am I falling? Like, am I so off the mark or am I like bullseye or just like where, you know, and then I can choose if I want to change anything or not. But I just want to know like where on this graph am I? And the thing is, is like the graph doesn't exist. So there's the rub. However, there's no one way to do it. So it's also open and free and you get to create your own life, every choice, every day. So that's the good news. I think one of the big things that was coming up of when I asked the question, what Would you want to ask other mothers, but you're too shy to ask them? And these are some of the top questions that came up. How often do you lose your shit and yell at your kids or say something that you regret in front of your kids? What's a normal amount of yelling? Do you have resentments and then have incredible guilt over having resentments? So that could be for your kids. You know, sometimes you're just like, I'm just resentful that I can't go and do whatever I want right now. Even if you're going to work, that's free, you know, like, I mean, that's the thing, too, is drive me driving to work without kids listening to music how I want is like freedom, you know. So, yeah, I think we all have resentments and it's really normal and probably healthy to have those fantasies of wondering what life would have been like if you didn't have kids you know, same with marriage. Like these are all normal things to question. But I think you just have to always come back to your practices that refill you up. Like all, all of the questions I'm going to ask, they all come to that. Like, where's your true happiness? Because when you are truly happy, you are not going to be lashing out at your your kids as much. You're not going to be as resentful. You're going to be able to put petty little things to the side because you're able to see the bigger picture. Who cares if your husband does this one thing that really annoys you? If he's showing up in all these other ways and you're communicating well and, like, you're still having sex or you're still intimate or you still like to hug each other, kiss each other goodnight, like, you let the other things slide. Oh, this one was hard. Are other moms as disengaged with kids as I am or am I all alone? That was a big one that was coming up is not feeling present and not feeling really happy when you are with your kids That's a really, that's a really tough one. And I think that's phases. And I think if you're a stay-at-home mom, like, yes, that's totally normal to feel that way. Because you're tapped out. Your nervous system is tapped out. And that is why it's so important to figure out self-care ways where you get those hours off from mom work. Whether it's the weekend when your partner's home or figuring out a nanny share or a trade with a friend if you don't have the resources to hire help. You know, really figuring that out because it is mental health it is that important to have your time away and if you don't it's going to it's going to seep out the seams in negative ways and i know it's easier said than done i really do i'm not trying to minimize for women that don't have any help but there has to be ways that you can have some time to your own body your own self to dream to journal to take a nap, to go to the Korean spa, to just take a walk in the woods, take a walk in your neighborhood, listen to music or podcast, or in your car alone and turn it up full volume and scream. Whatever it is, you have to find those times by yourself. Okay, well this I feel like Instagram really plays into a lot, is thinking that everyone else is super happy, looks really great, cooking perfect meals every night. How do they do that? Well, I don't think everyone is doing that. Um, I think a lot of people have health. If you, I mean, help. Um, If you see big, you know, women in the wellness world, world, spiritual stars, you know, women that are really quote unquote killing it in their work. If they have children, someone else is helping them with their children. I mean, that's just a fact. I mean, if they're older, they're at school, but you either have a partner that's helping you or you have a housekeeper or a nanny or someone that's helping you with your kids. I mean, it's great if you have your own business, and you, you can work mostly while your kids are at school. And I know a lot of people that do do that, but I don't think there's any way just to do it all the time from like nine to three. I mean, maybe there is. I'm actually trying to figure out how to do that more. But just really hear that, that everyone out there killing it has a lot of help. There's no way to do it all. There's no way to have it all, all at once. There isn't. Even women that have millions and millions and millions of dollars, like it's definitely easier because they can field a lot of stuff out for sure. But something's something's still being dropped. You know, the kids are feeling less than important or their marriage is suffering or their hormones are burned out or their nutrition sucks. Like no one's just winning it all the time in all the ways. And I think that's really, really important to acknowledge. And as far as the food, a lot of people were writing in about that. You know, I try to cook most nights and I mean, I use cook in quotation marks, but I have semi-prepared stuff, but then I always cook something. So rice or potatoes and a big thing of broccoli that maybe will last two days or a big thing of beans that'll last a couple of days, or I'll pick up a soup at Erwan and that'll last a couple of days with the other things. I'm always cooking something at night and then having quick and easy things to add, especially if I have a really busy work week, then I will um, have more kind of prepped pre-made stuff. But there's always a home cooked aspect to our meals. And I try to give them something warm in the morning if I can. Sometimes I just want cereal, but I really try for gluten-free cinnamon toast or paleo gluten-free pancakes that I make from scratch or oatmeal Um, especially in the winter months, if I can get something warm down them. But I think, yeah, just finding either a food delivery service, even just for one or two nights a week, that can really feel like lifting the load, having a couple of pre-made things, even having frozen veggies, having soups and stews frozen that you can pull out and then do, you know, like a healthy quesadilla or sandwich or you know, gluten-free crackers and hummus and almond cheese or whatever your thing is. Just finding those hacks for yourself and your family. So there's always good nourishment. But I think putting that pressure that every single night going to be this gorgeous home-cooked meal that every single person in your family is going to always love is setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, keep it simple. Keep it easy. Routines. How and what are they? That's a good one asking moms. I'm always curious what other moms do. And, you know, I ask you guys quite a lot when I have things come up because it's like instant answers again. It's like we get 20 responses immediately. And it's always interesting. It's like looking into other people's fridges. Like I'm always curious and not in like a judgmental way. I'm just literally curious. What kind of mustard do you like? What do you have for dinner? What is in here? Yeah. And I think that just comes down to what works with everyone's different family and, the bedtimes is a huge thing. Some do really super early, 6, thirty seven. 7. That's never really worked for my family. My husband gets home usually, I would say, 7, 7.30. So bedtime for me is always a thing. And every night I kind of vow it's going to be different and it will be different for like a week or two. And then it gets back on track because when my husband comes home, my daughter, well, both daughters, but especially my older one wants to roughhouse, wrestle. And no matter, even if we've done dinner at five, and gotten pajamas and bath that all that prepped, it still revs her up. So that is something that I'm, we're always kind of working through and with, of just how to keep the chill vibes at nighttime, because she easily could stay up till 30, 10 on a school night. So usually I would say 8.45, 9. My goal is 8 every night, and the baby I usually get down earlier. But I think, yeah, you just have to figure out what works for your schedule, especially if you're doing homeschool or you start later which I would love to have a late start date. I feel like getting to school at 8 a.m. is insane and it's proven it's not good. It's not a good idea for all of us. So um, if you homeschool, that's great. You can start whenever you want and maybe, you know, less stress at night during the bedtime. One of my best friends is on that schedule and no judgments, like whatever works for every person. And that goes to the sleeping situation as well, which allows a lot of questions also I do think people put so much pressure on themselves to do it one way and then you realize that things change and then sometimes they change again and they circle back. I always tell my clients, whatever allows you to sleep and sleep well and works for your family dynamic, do that without the judgments, without the books, without the doctors, like do what works for you. Um, Sometimes that's co-sleeping. Sometimes that's not co-sleeping. Um, One question a woman wrote in was she wanted to ask moms, why do they insist on co-sleeping if they complain that it's ruining their body, their sleep, their marriage? And I think that can be a real thing where you you think it's the best for your kids, you know, and you're choosing that over your own health. And some women are fine doing that, and they, they put up with it for a couple of years, and They feel it was worth it. Some look back and go, why the F did I do that? I should have just put the baby in the crib and gotten sleep. Others co-sleep into like, you know, six, seven, eight year olds and that works for them. So I think, again, no judgment, just finding what works for your, your sleep hygiene, your relationship and your kids every baby works differently. And thank you all for the feedback. A couple weeks ago, Goldie climbed out of her crib and a friend reminded me that her response was just know that something can happen one night and that could be the only night it happens or it happens a couple nights and then it's done. It never happens again. And again, I get very black and white of like, oh my God, I've got to make a decision right now. Um, This is all changing. And that was such a good reminder for me because it did change. And I realized the reason she got out of her crib was because she wasn't sleeping in her sleep sack that night because our nanny had left it in her car and she can't climb out when she's in her sleep sack. So duh. I mean, that was number one. And then the other thing I was putting, I was pressure myself to make a decision if I was going to buy a new crib because she'd already outgrown her little crib or was I just going to put her in either the day bed that we have in her room or mattress on the floor But then that's all these other issues because I don't want to just do gates in the doors because if you do gates, you can't actually close the door. But the way our house is set up, it would just be very noisy and she wouldn't be able to sleep without her doors closed. And then I don't want not to do the gates because she now knows how to get out of her bedroom and we have stairs that you can't do baby gates on. So like these all get very complicated. these, These seemingly simple questions about child rearing. So that advice was really helpful and I was like, yeah, why am I I creating this huge thing? Keep putting her in the sleep sack. She can get out of her sleep sack. So I also was putting the sleep sack on backwards so she can't take it off. I did end up taking a couple of women's recommendation, which I've known about this crib for a long time. An Ikea crib, it's not painted, no toxins, blah, blah, blah. It's like 75 bucks, it's really pretty wood, simple. I just didn't want to invest in a big new pricey crib because they get really expensive. So I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to buy it. It's hundred bucks with shipping. We have this nice new crib. It'll buy me like another six months to a year and she can't climb out of it. And she loves it now. It's a couple days of change, you know, transition, but it works and works for now. And I just can't sleep. Sleep for me is already a thing. And so I can't sleep if I know that she could be getting out at night, coming up the steps at night, it's not really the safest steps. I mean, we have it like Jimmy rigged for protection, but that gives me a lot of anxiety, even just thinking about that. So that's not going to work for me. I'm not ready to have her out of the crib. My oldest stayed in the crib till almost four. I was just going to let her decide. And then one morning she walked into our bedroom and she was like, Oh my gosh, guess what I just did. I got out of my crib. And then she was on the floor, but she was such an easy baby and girl too, that it, um, but we also were on the same floor with her. Now I'm upstairs and my kids are downstairs. So, anywho, I digress. But with all these sleep things, it literally just changes and ask your friends what they did. Maybe read some books and then also know that things are going to change again in a couple days or a couple weeks and keep it simple. I feel like everything is keep it simple. One mom said that when her kid started out of the crib, then it was on a bed on the floor and then he would just come into her room halfway through the night and sleep with her. And they did that for a couple of years and she was fine with that. So, you know, if you're fine with that, great. So be it. Self care. That's a big one. How do women manage all that they're doing, killing it at work and looking so good? How do they afford to do the things for themselves? Do they have supportive partners that allow them and encourage them to take time for self care? How do you do that if you're a single mom? These are all really good questions. Again, everyone's so different that I don't feel like there's a universal answer, but I think being really honest in what you need, and I know I wasn't, and sometimes I'm still not, because I don't want to have needs. I don't want to have to ask. I would like my husband just to read my mind. But the thing is, is we have to speak up ourselves. We have to acknowledge when we need things and not look at it as a negative. It's 1000% normal and natural to have needs and to figure out how to get them met. And meditation, I mean, it's so simple, so simple and yet so hard. I mean, how many people of us, you know, want to be meditating every day and aren't. But even again, coming back to that three to five minutes a day, Finding those minutes, lunch break at work or in between clients or sometimes because I'm in my car a lot driving from thing to thing, even doing a grounding meditation for a minute before I start driving. You know, how are ways that you refill throughout the day and just calm your your nervous system down? Because stress is really that added stress is not good and it just is cumulative. So the more that you can reduce it throughout the day the better. And it really has great benefits. Listening to mantras, listening to spiritual podcasts, things that really bring positivity into your world, because we are living in a time where there is so dark, so much darkness and negative news and stories. And I mean, it's super Debbie Downer out there. So the more that you can just kind of create a bubble around yourself and sometimes it might feel like you're trying to be Pollyanna or spiritual bypass, but you're not really being of service by being negative. You know, we have to maintain a high vibe. If we're going to change this world, we have to, and we have to be creating that environment for our kids. And if you aren't, and you know, I've been there, it's like, if you aren't creating that world for your kids, that high vibe world for your kids, It's really time to take a pause and look at your life and where can things change? Because you're doing yourself a disservice and your kids and your family. And, you know, when you have kids, priorities shift. The track that you were on, that you thought you were on, you know, for the next couple decades, like things shift and they're constantly shifting for me. I mean, I'm constantly amazed how my brain opens up to new pathways because of my children. For instance, I'm getting really intrigued by the idea of homeschool and not to say that we will or we will anytime soon, but I'm super intrigued by it and I'm researching it and I'm fascinated by it. And that is something that I would not have even even entertained in the slightest a year ago. But now I'm really looking at our education system and where it's failing and what I want for my kids and how could I bring it or how could a group of us facilitate it? And, um, and that's just one little example, you know, but everything is changing, which again is exciting. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of energy to think outside the box and to do the research and to talk to other people. And I mean, it's almost like, it is like another full-time job, all the the side hustle of momhood, but ultimately that's how we create the world that we want. Another, you know, great DIY self-care, salty bath at night with a candle, a walk outside if your partner's home you know instead of watching TV or having a glass of wine like go for a walk even you know I mean yeah you could listen to podcasts but even just 10 15 minutes listening to the sounds of your neighborhood grounding meditation through your feet and legs feeling that connection with Gaia putting your bare feet in the grass there's so many ways to recharge your soul and I think ultimately, When we can do that for ourselves, it spreads to our partnership. It spreads the way that we're showing up to our partnership and our family. Another big question is about partnership and how to not hold resentments, how to navigate serious marriage conflicts, therapy, and or spiritual practice together. And I think always being in the mind of a student and There's a quotation I read, it was a long quotation, but the gist of it is that when you're in a long-term relationship, you are going through thousands of many deaths together. So there's so many deaths of that person that you thought they were, that they were, that they are, that they're, you know, because you're with them for years and years and years. And the same with me. I mean, I'm so different in so many ways than I was 10 years ago when I got married. And that's many, many deaths. You know, people always say people don't change. And I don't re- I don't understand that because I feel like I change daily. Um, I may look the same from the outside, but I feel like I change a lot daily. And maybe that's just internally in my own spiritual practice. But I am always feeling different. Which can sometimes feel like you're free-falling which I've been feeling a lot lately. But once you kind of learn to ride that. Oh, and you know what? I want to share one thing I wanted to share. I did this oracle, which I've spoken about Earth Warriors Oracle, which I love. I love to do a daily card reading. But before I started the podcast, I pulled the condor, which was the ancient bird of the Andes. And one of the oldest species on earth, and it said, your divine destiny is now held in the guiding hand of a great spiritual master. This is the prophecy of resurrection of the rising up of what was thought to be lost. It shall happen with unexpected and surprising swiftness, which I really loved this medicine today. Condor has been on the brink of extinction many times, yet it still survives, even in the wild. At the top of the food chain, the condor is rarely a hunter taking life, feeding off carrion instead, So like deceased animals, its medicine brings cleansing and protection as it is able to process toxins that would be harmful to other creatures. And what I love about the condor is that image that it just glides on the wind, soaring to great heights and for hours at a time with little or no movements of its wings. Condor holds the medicine of strength, spiritual connection and grace. So where can you find that? Where can you find the flow? Where are you? fighting against the stream. Because I know when I am doing that, whether it's conscious or subconscious, when I'm really trying to make something work to my will, it's so much harder, and it's usually not for the greatest good of all. And it's not in the divine timing. So I really think that I will dive deeper into a lot of these topics on the next ones, but I just wanted to share what we're all feeling in different times of our lives, like find support. Partnership changes so much when you have children. And I don't always believe it's best to stay in a marriage either. I don't always think it's best to stay in a relationship. I think a lot changes and it's not great to stay in a life that no longer feeds your soul or doesn't support your own health, your mental health especially, because that's not good for your kids to see. It's not good for your kids to see you living a false life or a battered down life or an unhappy life. And I also know that marriages change and I know that it can feel really horrible and really shitty and desolate and there is such an opportunity to change when you get to that low point because that's when you go, okay, it's really it's time to like, Go big or like end this. And that's a lot of times when the medicine can come in. You ask for help. You ask for support. Because sometimes it needs to get to a proclamation point. This changes or I'm out for the other person to really hear that and not think you're bluffing. And that comes from strength and power of you owning your own self and not making idle threats. But saying, I'm not allowing this for myself anymore anymore. So if you want to continue and try to make this work, we have to work together on this because it really has to be an equal involvement or it's not going to work long term. Or it will work long term, but one partner is so, so unhappy and living um, a disingenuous life. And no matter what facade you want to have for your kids, they know, they see, and you're also teaching them how to be in relationship and partnership when they're old. So you know, it's not easy. I don't have the answers. I mean, you guys know I work on it a lot and um, continue to be humbled by partnership and motherhood. And, you know, and then there's those fleeting moments like this morning or this afternoon, rather, when I'd felt so negative this morning. And then I got out, I got medicine in the woods. And then Anna sent me this photo of Goldie, and it was just like my heart just opened. And I was like, that's all that matters. My baby's, my baby's health, that's all that matters right now. My health, my family's health, and happiness, and safety. And, you know, trying not to take it for granted any day because we don't know what life holds. And it really is about being in gratitude on the days that you can be, and then showing up for the days that aren't as well. Girding your energy, protecting your energy, protecting your nervous system. And that can mean saying no to a lot of people that once you said yes to. It can mean really shuffling up your life with new priorities so that you can rest, you can refill, that you're not bleeding energy to other people. Cause now with kids, you you can't really afford that. And I just posted something on Instagram that, you know, when we up level and when we really try to add new things in business um, career wise, there's just no way to do it all. And that's something I'm going through right now where my social life is super small. And I think people assume because I do have so many amazing women in my life and friends, but I'm not really seeing them on the weekly or even monthly basis. I really have had to shrink in my friend circle, at least those I see. And it's tricky too because I've become really good friends with a lot of my clients. And it's not that I don't want to see them. It's just like literally I don't have the bandwidth a lot of the time. And on the weekends, I don't even like to make plans because I just want to be home with my husband and our kids and not have a plan. We're still on baby nap time, which is sacred. And I just want to live... Light on the weekend because the weeks are so scheduled. So, yeah, I mean, to any of you listening, like I love you all. And I'm sorry if you ever feel that I'm not making time or space for you. It's just so full. And I am someone I don't really refill from other people. I do refill and I love a new moon circle that I hold, which is a medicine for me. That's kind of my one monthly thing. But I refill from my own time. Speaking of that, my baby just got home from her little class, so she'll be loud. But um, thank you all again for being part of this conversation. And always feel free to DM me on Instagram at motherthemother or email me mclean at com for topics you'd like to hear more in depth. And we all are in this together, and I know it's so easy to forget that, but we truly are. And this is the long haul. And... We all learn from each other and sharing. And no matter how you can connect with a woman during your day, take that extra minute, whether it's a smile or offering to help a stranger mom in the grocery store that's having a moment with her screaming toddler. You know, these little things are acts of divine feminine medicine. So let's sprinkle them to one another and ourselves. And sending love out to all of you. You're doing it. You're showing up. Jai Ma.